Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Craig Dyson. My wife, Kara, and I are the pastors of Convo Church, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the message. And so now's the time where we, we get to go to the Word of God. That's something that we do every single week here at Convo Church. We love the Bible. We know that we don't have what it takes on our own to figure everything out. Man, especially right now with all the craziness that's going around, uh, the quarantines, the social distancing, all that, we just want to make sure that we are hearing from God, that we're getting the encouragement that we need, and, uh, and having our faith built as well. And so if you will, I want to encourage you if you have a Bible with you, and uh, a cool thing is, if you're at home and you don't have it, you can get up and go get it if you have one. Uh, but even if you don't, feel free to pull out your phones uh, or even on your computer right now, you can actually pull up uh, version, the Bible app. You can go to the book of Romans. We're going to read from Romans today. And uh, I've got a little squad with me back there, our creative team, our worship team that's been here working hard. And uh, so you might hear them making some noise and some amens in the background. At least I hope you will, because that helps me too. Um, thank you. Thank you. All right. So we're going to go to Romans chapter 5. And I'm going to read verses 3 through 5 just to kind of set the stage today. And, uh, and as you're going there, you know, even though I just mentioned them, man, I want to give a huge shout out to our creative team for literally doing whatever it takes to make this happen. And I'm sure you'll see from some of the other footage that we do during worship, just it's, uh, it's quite the setup. But, man, we're just grateful for our Dream Team members that are working hard so that we can continue to bring a worship experience to you wherever you are. And, and however long this takes until we're able to be back together face to face, uh, we're going to keep doing this to create a great experience so that you can continue to grow, continue to encounter God, no matter who you are, no matter where you are. Okay, so let's go ahead to uh, Romans chapter 5. I'm going to read here. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says in verse 3, it says that uh, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us to develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. So Father, we just pray that the time that we have together, these next few minutes, Father, we pray that you would do what only you can do. Father, for those that are still struggling with fear, Lord, that you would bring them comfort, Father, for those who are just confused about how to handle this season, Lord, we pray that you would bring clarity and confidence into their hearts, Father, but open up our hearts and minds to receive from you today in Jesus' mighty name. And somebody say amen. 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 There we go. There we go. All right, so I know most of us are facing either, uh, either mandatory or volunteer, uh, voluntary quarantines. Uh, we are keeping six feet away from anybody around us. Uh, it's some, at least sometimes I'm still a hugger. And so I forgot, I don't know, maybe a dozen times now. And I apologize to those who I've come in physical contact with, but that's just what I do. Uh, but at the very least, I've been talking to some people and I can hear in their voices. I can hear in their conversation. I can see even in what some people are posting that there's their, their resolve is kind of waning. Their patience is struggling. And even for some people, uh, even as far to question their faith and trying to figure out where is God in all of this craziness right now? And, and I think those are okay. I think those are good questions to have. 
Uh, somebody told me one time that a, a faith that can't be tested is a faith that can't be trusted. So if your faith is being rocked right now, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think it's going to help you be able to get to a place of building a stronger foundation of who, of knowing who God is in your life. And hopefully when you get through the other side of this thing, you'll be stronger off than before. And, uh, and as a matter of fact, one of our own team members uh, the other night, uh, her name's Joy, she said this, and I wanted to steal her quote because I really felt like it encapsulated such a powerful point for this season. Her name's Joy Royston. And, uh, and Joy said this, she goes, I don't want to be the same person on the other side of this season. And that is so true. That is so powerful. Honestly, that's, you know, with, with, uh, with 2020, COVID-19, quarantine, people, you know, struggling with uh, employment crisis, uh, as well as health challenges, I really feel like there's no more significant statement for us to make a declaration of faith saying that when I get to the other side of this thing, I don't want to be the same person. And hopefully for you, that means in a positive context, I want to be stronger. I want to be better off. I want to be more healthy. I want to be more resolved in my relationship with God uh, because I've been forced to be around my family. I want to have a better relationship with my family. Saw a meme the other day and it was talking about this husband that uh, was talking about having to get to know his wife more because he was spending more time and and uh, made the comment, apparently my wife is involved in the medical field and it's a joke, whatever, but it's funny that we are now being almost forced to develop the relationships that we actually crave to begin with. And so there is so much good that can come out of this season. And honestly, as a pastor, when I look at all the things that we're facing and I look at the challenges, I have actually never been so encouraged about what I see in front of us. And it's so amazing to be able to see people who are going out of their way to respond out of kindness, to demonstrate the love and the grace of God to people as best as they can, as safe as they can in our current, uh, current circumstances. And that's one thing that I love about the body of Christ is that when we are squeezed out of our comfort zone, we get pushed into different territory and different areas that actually should be the norm for how we're living, but we get comfortable and we get complacent and we lose sight of the impact of, of what our life could and should be as Jesus followers. And so today I want to give you something super practical. We've been doing this series called About That Life. We've been talking about what it means to be an actual Jesus follower. I think this is a series that is uh, very positive, whether, you are, uh, whether you've been walking with Jesus for years whether you're brand new to the faith or even if you're a skeptic or, or seeking things out, I think it's good to know what it truly means to be a Jesus follower, not just using the word Christian because you can say that word and a thousand people will have a thousand different definitions of what they think it means to be a Christian. So we want to simplify it as much as possible and talk about what it means to be an actual Jesus follower. And, and, and if you go back to our podcast and, and some of the videos uh, before of uh, prior messages on our YouTube channel, uh, you'd be able to kind of catch up on what we talked about. But the, the crux of the initial part of the series has been that uh, a Jesus follower is all about relationship. It, it all stems from a relationship with God, relationship with the church, and a relationship with the world. And everything from that comes from those relationships. We also talked about um, how... It's not our job, and God doesn't even want us, crazy enough if you listen to this statement, He doesn't want us to live for Him. Now, I grew up in church my whole life, and I've said that a hundred million times, you know, passionate, you know, passion moments. I just want to live for God. I want to do all this for Him. But the reality is, is that in the context of a relationship, as a Jesus follower, He doesn't want me to live for Him. He wants me to allow His life to continue to live through me. And that's a huge shift 
I believe in the mind and the heart of what it means to be a Jesus follower because who we are is not about what we do and it's not about what we know, but it's simply about being in relationship with a God who loves us so much. And so today I want to give you again, I want to give you a little bit of a, um, a tool, if you will, to, to help us in this time of crisis, this time of craziness. And, uh, and so if you are, if you're taking notes and at, at Convo Church, we tell people all the time, be note takers because what we say uh, in our worship experiences when we open the Bible isn't just for church, it's for your Monday through your Saturday. So we really hope that you'll be able to take some notes, kind of look over this later, talk it over with your family, even talk it over with your kids and see how you can bring these realities alive into your own life and, and into your family as well. So the title of the message today is Worship Through Crisis. Worship Through Crisis. And, uh, and the reality is, and, and um, yeah, the reality is about this is that worship propels us through where circumstances would stop us. Right. And, uh, and it's beautiful because any, any, almost anywhere in the Bible that you go through, you'll see these situations, these stories, these accounts, these moments in history that were impossible moments, impossible odds, but God used worship, an unlikely weapon, an unlikely tool to bring people through things that, uh, that, that should have stopped them. And, and there's a lot of times, I don't know if you've realized this, I have in my own life, that, that God doesn't always operate in a way that makes sense to us. He doesn't always do the obvious to, to come to a certain conclusion or to create a certain outcome. Quite often, God uses the things that we think are crazy, and he brings those to the forefront and uses it to do something that we only thought was imaginable in other ways. And so we love the creativity of God, but more than anything, we want to get into this topic about worship today. And so we've been talking, again, the Jesus follower thing, uh, we want to be about that life. We want to be a church who's about that life. And I know just with what we've been forced to do here with going online and taking church online in, uh, in a non-traditional way uh, has opened up the opportunity for people to be hanging out with us not just in Reno and Sparks, but literally all around Nevada, all around the western part of our country, the United States. And maybe last week we even had somebody tuning in from Brazil. So if you're still there, Brazil, we love you. Represent, invite all your friends. And, um, but we want to get into it today. And, um, and I want to start off with this statement right here. Worship is the fuel that deepens the intimacy of your relationship with God. And so in the message today, I'm really not going to try to give this whole exhaustive study on what worship is. That's not the point. That's not what I'm trying to do today. But I want to give you a tool. I want to give you a weapon that's going to help you through this season. That's going to help you get to the other side of this better off than you were on the other side. doesn't matter whether you've gone through an employment situation. You're not sure how money's going to come in. Maybe you have been impacted in your health with the coronavirus and you're, you're scared about what the outcome may be. We're praying for you, but we're also at the same time believing that you will get through this. God's going to bring you through to the other side. And when we get there, we're going to be better off, stronger than we were before. But listen, worship, worship is deep. Worship is multifaceted. Uh, it, it continues or it connects every aspect of our life to God. And so it, it can be kind of a hard topic to cover, especially in a short time like this. But worship is for the Jesus follower and those who are seeking after God, even if they don't know what they're seeking after. So check this out. Worship takes people who do know God to a deeper place in relationship with him. Worship takes those who do not know God and it draws them closer to him. 
That's why worship isn't just for spiritual people. Worship isn't just for those who know everything, which we don't, by the way. But worship is something that comes straight from the heart of God that grabs the attention of humanity. And for those who are hungry, it draws people to God. That's one of the beautiful things about who God is and being a Jesus follower is that it's nothing that you and I did to actually get his attention and to make him take notice of us. We didn't earn his love. We didn't earn his favor. God has been in constant pursuit of us and of you through relationship. As a matter of fact, he loved you so much that he sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to come and die on the cross so that everything that kept us in distance from God would be removed so that we could be back in relationship with God. That's what Christianity really is. It's a God who loves you and who's trying through his grace and his mercy to draw you back into relationship with him. Right now, we are, we are for real surrounded by seeming uncertainty. Uh, every single day we get, right, we get new updates about uh, that's, this is closed, this is canceled, this is whatever. Uh, school may start, maybe it's not going to start, school will never start again. You know, all these we don't know what's going on, and uh, necessary business, unnecessary businesses. Uh, my kids work at Baskin Robbins. That's still open, so apparently ice cream is a necessary business, and I think we would all agree with that. We will pick it if they close down ice cream stores anyway. So I want to give you three realities about worship that I believe will help you through this season. Uh, I really believe it will. I hope it will. These are things that I'm, I'm trying to practice in my own life. And these aren't works. These aren't things that we are trying to do to just, you know, muster the strength to get through. Because what worship does is it invites God to be in the center of your situation. So we're not trying to just get strong and grit our teeth and get through it. We're trying to bring God into the middle of where we are, whether it's terrible, whether it's challenging, or even, in a, even if it's an amazing moment. Because this God being the, the center and the focus of who we are and where we are is going to be the key to getting us where God's trying to take us on the other side. So here's the first one. Here's the first one right here. Number one, worship magnifies God. Worship magnifies God. So uh, the psalmist says in, in Psalm chapter 30, uh, 34, verse 3, it says, Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name. Now, we all know, like when you were a kid, did you ever do the whole thing where you got the magnifying glass? and you found an ant, anyone ever do this? And you kind of get the sun, it's cruel. I don't know if the ant feels, I'm not sure how that works, but it magnifies, a magnifying glass makes things bigger and makes them look bigger than they actually are. So can we make God bigger? No, of course we can't physically make God bigger, but what we can do is we can make how we see God bigger in our own life. And so one of the things that I think is so important for us to remember is that the bigger that we make God in our life, the smaller everything else gets around us. And so whether it's, whether it's fear, whether it's, whether it's temptation, whether it's sickness, whether it's uh, struggles in your family, these are real things, economic problems. Do I have a job? How am I going to pay my mortgage or my rent? These are very real things, and they can get big. The more that you focus on them, the bigger they get. But the reality is, is that as we begin to magnify God, as we make God bigger through choosing worship, it begins to make everything smaller in comparison around that. Did you realize that, that, that what you put your faith in is a thing that you will magnify? And, uh, and, and I'll just speak from my own personal experience. There's been plenty of times in my life where I have chosen to put my faith in other things. And I magnified other things rather than magnifying God. 
And so for some people, maybe that's your, your career. You put your faith in your career. My career is what I worked hard for. It's what I'm going to succeed through. But then we get into times like this and all that becomes uncertain. You know, maybe you put your, your, your faith in the stock market. And, uh, and, and we're, we're definitely seeing that that's not necessarily the place to be put in your faith. But you might, no matter what it is for you, I'm trying to get all of us to come back to that place where we realize that if we begin to magnify God for who he is and realize that it's not just spiritual you know, energy, but it's the reality of our real God, that the, more, the bigger that we make him in our life and in our struggles and in our situations, everything else, the fear, the anxiety will begin to melt away. It will begin to pale in comparison to the greatness of who God is. So I hope that we will learn to, to, to magnify God through worship. Here's the second one, and I love this one right here. Uh, number two, worship surrenders our control. I actually kind of struggled with this, how to, how to phrase this one, uh, but I, I felt like this kind of got to the core of it because I don't know about you, most humans, most people don't like to surrender control. We like to be in control of things. We like to be able to handle and to dictate what's going to happen and, 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 and who we're going to interact with and what's going to happen next in life. But the reality is, is that uh, worship surrenders our control. Now, I want to give one little quick analogy to this. not an analogy, but a story from Scripture. In Joshua chapter 6, which is one of the books in the Old Testament, uh, we see uh, the, the, the Israel nation, the people of God, coming out of 400 years of slavery. And now they're crossing over into uh, what would now be Israel, but the promised land that God promised them. And so when they got into the place that God promised them, they realized, and God had already told them, there's going to be a lot of, of, of nations and people that you're going to have to conquer. There's going to be a lot of uh, obstacles and enemies that you're going to have to overcome so that you can take hold of what I've already given you. And so you get to chapter 6, and there's this great account of how they came up against this one particular uh, uh, town called Jericho. Now, Jericho was kind of famous for being kind of the big dog of the valley. They were huge. There, it was a fortified city with walls that were so, so, so high that you couldn't get over top of them. As a matter of fact, they said the walls were so thick that they were able to have chariot races on the top of the walls around the city. And so you got the Israelites coming in, and they are intimidated. They are scared about this, but they know that God's told them, you're going to need to overcome these obstacles and these enemies. And so it would make sense, if that was the case, that you're going to need to put together a significant military strategy so that you can figure out how to, how to, you know, how to have a victory over this particular enemy. But what God did is he said, no, we're not going to do it that way. We're actually going to find victory in this through, through worship. And so it said for, for seven days, they went out and they literally would walk a circle around the entire city, and then they would go back to their, to their camp, and then they would do the same thing the next day. But on the last day that they did this, it said they actually went out and walked around the city seven times, and on the seventh time, they were given instructions to shout and to worship the Lord with everything that they had. And, the, and the, the priest would blow the ram's horn. We don't have that. We do, a, I don't know, a guitar, a drum solo. I'm not sure what it would be now. But, but the priest would blow the ram's horn, and that was the signal that they were to worship God and shout. And at that time, the walls would fall down, and they did. And so that's not, that's not typical strategy when it comes to overcoming the situations that you're facing in your life. But God, time and time again, used worship as the means to be the weapon that was used to overcome the enemy to overcome the things that were trying to weigh you down instead of coming up with, with normal solutions or things that would make sense to us. Or honestly, if we can put it this way, things that you can take credit for. 
God decided, no, I'm going to make sure that I get the credit for getting you through this situation. And I know I'm going to get the credit if I'm the one that you are worshiping and putting your faith in through these moments. And so I really hope that when we are looking at what we're facing right now, and we're, we're just waiting for the next press conference. We're waiting for our governor, for the president to, to give us, you know, the next set of things that we can or can't do or the different updates. There's plenty of opportunity for us to panic, have fear, uh, to get on Facebook and talk about how messed up everything is. But the reality is you have an opportunity and I have an opportunity to bring God to the middle of it, to worship him through this storm and to watch God move and bring victory in our land, in our nation and ultimately in our world. So here's our last one right here. So the first one, just to recap, the first one, worship magnifies God. We want to magnify God through this season. Number two, worship surrenders our control. We can't handle this. We don't have what it takes. There's not enough self-help books in the world to get us through this. We need to surrender our control to God through this season. Uh, and actually, one thing I will mention, too, before I hit number three, is that the Bible teaches us physical ways that we can worship God. Worship isn't all about music, but God uses music a lot when it comes to preparing that atmosphere for worship. And so there's a lot of things the Bible teaches, you know, worship by raising your hands, by clapping, dancing, singing, shouting, kneeling. And uh, but that, there's that, I think the most famous one is people raising their hands in worship to God. And I think that's because there's nothing more that says, I'm not going to be able to control this and I have to surrender than putting the hands up. It's kind of the international signal for, hey, I surrender, okay? So we want to have that posture before God that we are surrendering to who he is and putting our faith in what he says he can do. So here's number three. Worship sets us free. Right. Worship sets us free. There is no greater prison than fear. There's no greater bondage than fear and anxiety uh, and then doubt and being, being stuck in a mindset that keeps you defeated, that keeps you beat down, that keeps you thinking that, that, that you can't get through the situation. But I'm telling you that you can worship through the worst of the worst moments and you can see God do something powerful. In Acts chapter 16, and I've got it right here, <clears throat> there's this beautiful passage uh, where we see the Apostle Paul and we see his ministry companion Silas. And uh, they had just finished coming into a town, preaching the gospel, seeing God move and do fantastic things. And all of a sudden, there's a group of people in the city who didn't like what Paul and Silas were doing, caused a riot, and got Paul and Silas arrested. It says that they were thrown into the jail, they were stripped, and they were beaten with wooden rods. That doesn't sound like fun to me at all. In verse 23 of chapter 16, it says they were se severely beaten, and they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them in the inner dungeon and clamped their feet, uh, their feet in stocks. And, uh, and so in verse 25, we see something happen here. Now, I don't know about you, if you were in a situation where things weren't going right, where you were wrongfully arrested, where you were beaten mercilessly, where you were imprisoned for something that, uh, something that you did not do or, or for not even doing anything to begin with, I don't know about you, but my faith might be challenged a little bit. I'd be more in the position of, God, what the heck? Where are you? How come you let this thing happen? But we see Paul and we see Silas having a different outcome to bring them freedom. It says in verse 25, around midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. They were worshiping. They were singing hymns to God and the other prisoners were listening. 
You know, what's interesting is that when we go through seasons where we feel like we're in prison, whether that's physical or spiritual, you're not alone. There's other people that are in the same ballpark. There's other people that are struggling just like you are. Now check this out. Paul and Silas were not alone. It says the other prisoners weren't participating, but they sure as heck were listening to what Paul and Silas were doing. It says in verse 26, suddenly there was a massive earthquake and the prison was shaken to its foundations. And it says all the doors immediately flew open and the chains of every prison and every prisoner fell off. Now check this out. They worshiped God when they were literally going through hell. They had been beaten. They had been mistreated. They had been wrongfully accused. They had been taken advantage of. They were struggling. Human nature would definitely respond in fear and depression and doubt. But Paul and Silas decided, hey, we're actually going to worship our way through this. We're not going to sit back and just be okay with, with being where we are. We're not going to say, well, I guess this is what happens. They decided to worship through a horrible situation. Now check this out. Here's what I hope you understand. Maybe you're the only one who's worshiping through the situation. Maybe you're the only one in your family who's decided to take a position of faith through this season. But listen, as you worship God, you need to know that people are watching. You need to know that people are looking to you and they're looking to see what happens in you. And you don't have to worry about performing. You don't have to worry about heaven answers. You don't have to worry about coming through. All you need to do is worship God for who he is because God will set you free. And here's the cool thing. When God begins to set you free, it becomes contagious. Just like the other prisoners who were with Paul, it doesn't say that they were all Jesus followers. It doesn't say that they believed what Paul and Silas believed. It just said that they were listening to what Paul and Silas were doing. And the impact of the freedom that Paul and Silas were about to experience was so strong because of worship that it actually set everyone else free that was around them. And I'm telling you right now, there's so much negativity. The media is still continuing to push that the narrative of fear and uh, because it sells, I get it. But the reality is, is that it just takes one voice to decide that I am going to worship God in this moment. I'm going to trust God through this season. I'm not going to worship God because of what's happening around me. I'm going to worship God because of who he is. And because of who he is, I know that God's going to set me free at some point in time, in some way, shape or form, God's going to come through. And when he does, people will be able to look at my testimony of how I cried out to the name of God and he delivered me and it will begin to set other people free as well. So yeah, we live in crazy times. We're facing crazy things that we've never faced before. Uh, you have adversity staring you in the face. Come on, maybe right now you need healing. Maybe right now you need employment. You're trying to figure that out. Maybe you need friendship. Maybe you need a breakthrough. But the reality is, I love this passage in, in 1 Samuel 12, 20. Samuel says, don't be afraid, but make sure you worship the Lord with all your heart. Come on, don't give God a half-hearted worship. Don't say, God, I worship you. Maybe if you're there, let's take the if out of it and speak faith into the situation. Let's begin to worship God with all of our heart, knowing that he is there, knowing that he is faithful, knowing that he is working something in this season for you and for our community and for our world. We're believing that God's going to come through. So if you feel depressed, I challenge you and I encourage you, worship the Lord. If you're struggling with anxiety, find time to just sit down and don't let the darkness cave in on you. Turn that darkness around and fill it with light by worshiping God. If you feel afraid, worship God. Come on, if you feel overwhelmed, worship God. 
And so I want, I want to make this crazy practical. We even, we created a, a worship playlist, if you will. So if you go to, you know, Spotify and you look up Convo Church playlist, you're going to see some songs on there that all you have to do is just press it, let it play, and just sit in that environment and let the presence of God be welcomed and invited into that moment. Because I guarantee you, even if you put in the earbuds and you're driving in your car, maybe you're sitting at home alone, wherever you may be, man, you just get that worship playing in your mind and in your heart and watch what the presence of God will do. He is so faithful, man. Some of my most spiritually uh, spiritual awakening moments haven't necessarily been in a church service as much as it's been when it's just me and God and there's worship music playing. I'm just sitting there quiet, just being in the presence of God. And so if you've never done that before, I want to challenge you, encourage you to try it. Step, it, step out in faith and see what happens. Get yourself some quiet time. And you, and you should have plenty of opportunity now, if you're, especially if you're stuck at home. But get yourself some quiet time. Go hit that playlist on Spotify and just watch what happens when you begin to magnify God, when you, when you invite God to set you free, and when you just allow God to be who He is. Come on, God is awesome. He loves you so much. Thanks again for listening to the Combo Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message, do us a favor. Subscribe to this podcast, rate and review us on iTunes, and share our podcast with your family, friends, and team members. If you live in the Reno area, come and be a part of Convo Church. Check us out on ConvoChurch.com and follow us on social media at Convo Church. We'll see you next time here on the Convo Church Podcast.